Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by George Goncalves, MUFG's head of U.S. macro strategy. It's Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Great to be back. Yeah, good to have you. And it's been a while. So we have, uh, I mean, we always have plenty to talk to, but we definitely have plenty to talk to today. Um, so setting the stage here, the U.S. economy continues to send mixed signals, mixed signals, but the trend, I'd argue, is still definitely on the softer side for the high-frequency data releases. Um, even the jobs data, which was a which was a bright spot, that seems to finally be starting to suggest that the slowdown, you know, particularly in like you know the manufacturing side, as well as white-collar layoff announcements, are taking the toll, taking their toll on the labor market. Um, meanwhile, inflation, although certainly elevated, it's clearly on a downward trend. Um, you know, even if that path to two percent year over year inflation is not a straight line. Um, you know, at, you and I have been out visiting a ton of clients, uh, supported by your updated deck, uh, including you know outlook and and various scenarios that you've laid out. Uh, Fed's reaction function, some regime summaries, a lot of good stuff in there. Why don't we start the episode by bringing our our listeners up to speed? Yeah, absolutely. And so we're, we're at this uh, critical point um, where I think now it's really the the moment uh, the Q two data into Q three uh, and you know this this kind of next two quarters of really. You know, ascertaining if we are in an economic slowdown that's verging or potentially already in a recession. I think now it's really when we're going to get evidence of that. And so I think it's uh, it's important to see uh, you know, if these trends continue. Um, you know, we are um, re- recording this before the release of the April NFPs report, as well as the critical CPI report the following week. And I <clears throat> know, but even beforehand, we've seen uh, some mixed signals uh, coming out from the GDP GDP report, although many have been pointed to the fact that underlying consu- uh, consumer spending has been strong. Uh, you know, it, it goes up you know, against some of the retail sales data that we've been getting. Um, there's also the idea of like nominally things look better, but actual units of sales are actually going down. Uh, and then if you actually look really even closer, a lot of the activity was auto sector related uh, during the, the, the quarter. And on top of that, most of it front loaded in the January, February period, which saw you know, better weather that really helped, you know, the numbers on, on, on economic data. You know, since the, you know, mid-February, early March, especially after the, the bank, the start of the bank turmoil that we're in, uh, you know, overall activity has been slowing down uh, in the U.S. economy, uh, which we can get to uh, in a moment on, on the banking side. But, you have that going on on the growth. Inflation is heading lower. It's, it's going to be, you know, we have always said, and, and others have echoed the same, it's never going to be a straight line. It's going to be bouncing down towards hopefully the Fed's target at some point later in the year um, and into next year. But even then, there's going to be moments where we might see uh, temporary deviations from that that downward trajectory in inflation. And and then that could you know create um, you know, you know, further mixed signals. But nonetheless, uh, you know everything that we've been looking at, all of our high frequency models, all the data, um, even the way that the jobs market is changing, suggests that you know we're probably at the precipice or within a recession environment you know, pretty soon. And so we've taken up our odds to as high as we'd probably ever take them to uh, in a in a, in a one year window uh, of a of a seventy five percent chance that we're in a recession soon, if not in one already. 
The, the real question for us is trying to understand how deep and long is it? Is it a short-lived recession? Is it an adjustment process? As long as it doesn't become uh, a financial-induced type recession, or if that does not add to the pressure to the economy, then it should be a mild, uh, typical you know, garden variety recession, uh, you know, something along the lines of the 2001 period, which was one of the most mild recessions, even though financial markets adjusted significantly from high levels in terms of the economic impact was actually pretty pretty uh, much uh, on the lighter side the 1990s recession similar situation it was a recession but not like the the worst ones like we saw during the 80s or the 2008 um, uh, uh, recession so uh, you know, a mild recession is something that people never want to <laughs> yearn for recessions but if we get one that's probably the best alternative um and then look, looking through it is trying to understand, like, you know, are, are we going to have stagflation uh, on the other side of it or or remain in stagflation and never really get a, a proper recession, but still have economic weakness? Those are the unknowns, but I'm assigning lower probabilities to those outcomes because the Fed has done a lot of tightening. And in, in addition to that, we've seen the banking system now also um, uh, help along those lines with uh, you know, the curtailment of credit and the just... Uh, you know, banks likely becoming more and more risk averse as we get you know further bank failures. We've had now three so far this year. Not to predict that there's more to come, but the point being is that you know three uh, bank failures, uh, as well as uh, you know you know some of the lingering issues that are are impacting all banks, which is the high level of rates, the concerns about this morphing from a rate story to a credit credit story, which is something we've been talking about for for many quarters now. Uh, and then, of course, um, just what's happening in the commercial real estate market, all these things are out there. And so the banks probably are going to be a little bit more cautious from here on out. And that will probably uh, restrict the credit availability to the economy and therefore you know, probably ensure that we get into a recession if we weren't going into one already. So I think you know, those are you know, the, you know, the latest updates. Um, it will. Uh, I think all of these things should factor into the Fed uh, decision that's up upcoming, but um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see how they react to the the latest economic data, uh, as well as these banking stories, and if that you know indeed changes the Fed's uh, posture going forward. But let's you know let's let's tackle that you know in the next segment. And that's you're doing my segues for me. I I appreciate it. Um, so as a reminder for our listeners, we are recording this podcast the day before the, for the uh, not the May FOMC meeting, but the announcement from the May FOMC meeting as they are two-day meetings. Um, you know, as as you just mentioned, the markets are still grappling with concerns about the banking system. Um, you know, in many ways, it's, it's really a pretty similar setup to the March FOMC meeting. As I recall, uh, you know, you had Credit Suisse, uh, you know, the forced, you know, kind of uh, takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS, uh, you know, in the days, you know, just before the meeting. Um, so, George, uh, what should we expect from the Fed at this meeting? Uh, you know, it's it's not a uh, it's not a meeting where we get the summary of economic projections. So we we have the statement press conference. I'd be curious what specifically you're expecting from both. Um, and you know, back to these banking, you know, these banking jitters. You know, I I guess I'm curious um, how you see this third bank fail bank failure this year influence the Fed in you know at this meeting and also in the near term. You know, to put some numbers on it. You know, it looks like the market's currently pricing in 22 basis points of a hike for this meeting. So you know, it's certainly seems a near near certainty um you know but i'd be curious your take yeah let's kind of further flesh out the 
set up going into the Fed meeting and what the Fed has at hand. So, you know, we've been in a blackout period, and during that blackout period, there was another bank failure. And I'm sure that's going to be a topic uh, uh, that's being discussed. Um, so another bank failure. We've also gotten an update from uh, Secretary Treasury uh, Janet Yellen around the debt ceiling and how that's been pulled forward, where the U.S. may run out of cash much sooner, as early as June 1st. So you would imagine all of this, uh, as well as you know, kind of the mixed signals on the economy, um, should be playing a role in the Fed's decision making uh, at this new meet- next meeting. I mean, I've been on the record for the last uh, last two meetings, um, both in written form as well as publicly, that I don't think the Fed should be hiking now. That they should, you know, observe the the long and variable lags of all the large, massive hikes they did last year into the early part of this year, and then you know, assess the situation. But nonetheless, what we saw last time, even after the first two bank failures. Yeah, the Fed still went ahead and hiked 25 basis points. It was priced in by the markets and they delivered. I would anticipate a similar situation this time around as well. You know, as you said on the in, in the open, like you know, 22 basis points or roughly 80 odd percent, 84 percent in uh being priced in. I, I mean, my rule of thumb is anywhere over two-thirds of a two-thirds to three-quarters of a of a hike being priced in. The Fed probably delivers it. So unless something materially changes overnight, I just don't see them not delivering it. Uh, doesn't mean it's the right course of action, but you know they'll they'll hike if, if it's if it's priced in. Um, I think you know what they'll really you know focus on besides that this might end up being the last hike of this very aggressive cycle. I think they're going to really try to um, you know craft the language in a way to convey that they're not uh, looking to you know, turn around and start cutting rates as quickly as markets have priced in. So I, I think that, you know, that it's going to be, you know, hike happens. This probably will be the last one in our view. Um, and um, and then, you know, it, it's really about um, getting across this idea that they're higher for longer, which they've been, you know, signaling for some time now. But, you know, if this truly does become the last hike, then they're going to have to defend that position. And when you're when you're in the hiking mode, it's much easier to kind of maintain the hikes meeting after meeting, even if they slow down the pace. They were still, you know, uh, pushing rates upwards. Once you go on hold, and then you're really just you know not doing anything, and you're defending your position of why you're on hold, that actually becomes harder, in my opinion, to defend, especially when rates are at high levels. When rates are at zero, it's a little bit easier to say why you're being accommodated. But when you're being when you're when you're tightening as much as they've done and then maintaining that position, that's going to be the challenge that they face over the coming months and quarter. Uh, and we'll see how they set off that. I mean, for now, I think they probably will will lean on the whole data dependent that nothing is pre-committed. Um, and I don't think they want to take the option out of hiking in June per se either. But they, that could be what is conveyed, and that would be very dovish. But even if they just go to the old data dependent which means they can stay on hold or hike or cut. Um, I think that that would, you know, would probably be like the way that they want to um, start to frame the, the, uh, the way they handle it, their, their, their so-called reaction function um, to, to the upcoming news and data. And then um, <clears throat> we have the press conference and I'll be curious to see, you know, like you know, Chair Powell has mentioned a number of times that, you know, the, the traditional yield curves are something that, Although they're important to watch, the, the curve that they look at is this you know short-term 
money market forward curve and that as long as that's not deeply inverted, we don't think there's a policy mistake being made. Well, if you refresh this, you know, 18 month forward, three month rate minus the three month rate, which is the, 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 the Powell curve, as some people call it, that curve is the most inverted it's ever been in, in recent history, uh, you know, going back a few, a few decades. And so, you know, like we have a really deeply inverted curve the market's signaling the Fed that, you know, they probably don't need to hike or that they should start to think about easing at some point soon. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, he thinks about the curve. Uh, the balance sheet also, I think it's going to be important to think about, like see if anyone asks any questions about the balance sheet. And then of course, you know, given that there's been this third major bank failure, we, we would expect a lot of questions around, you know, what's the Fed's outlook for the banking system and how they're thinking about just general liquidity. I, I think that, you know, we'll get a lot, well, even though we're not going to get the economic projection updates uh, like we did in, in March and we'll get the new ones in June, I think we'll still learn a lot through the press conference around um, how they're viewing the credit tightening through the banking channel and how that relates to their policy thinking. Uh, and just in general, um, just kind of a post-mortem assessment of like you know, where the banks are, especially now that we've had th- you know, three failures in a row. So I think you know, we're going to learn, learn a lot. Um, I think that you know, the body language will be important to see how you know, like the conviction about being on hold. I think that's going to be important uh, and, and what is said around why they're being on hold. And uh, <clears throat> I think they, the Fed also gets the senior loan officer survey data um, prepared for this meeting. So any sort of mentions around the, the you know, banks are indeed tightening more. If you, you know, if you, if they do have that data before, which they should, it'll get published soon enough. Um, then you know, that'll be an, uh, an interesting read as well. So we're going to get a lot, I think, bank updates that maybe they're done and maybe they don't want to pre-commit that they're done, uh, staying flexible uh, for the next meeting and, um, and acknowledging that you know, we're you know, probably at a point where policy is restrictive enough to actually bring inflation back down. Yeah, there's a there's a ton there. I'm sure almost struggling to uh, struggling to summarize it. Um, but you know, uh, plenty of play, plenty of things to look at. You know, despite the fact we aren't getting the summary of exp- of economic expectations. Um, so, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, stay tuned for George's upcoming May with George's upcoming May edition of his Macro to Markets Monthly. Um, he's going to lay out his views post-FOMC um, and provide a number of those charts that he referenced uh, on the episode today. And again, if you are not receiving George's strategy reports, please do get in contact with George directly. Great stuff as always. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, John. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.